This is Chris Fedak, and you're watching Chuck versus the Podcast. You are about to enter Chuck versus the Podcast, the place for people who love Chuck and the people who work on Chuck. The only show that takes you behind the scenes with the stars. Yvonne Strahovski. Zachary Levi. Joshua Gomez. Ryan McPartland. Adam Balba. Sarah Lancaster. Interactive interviews. Julia Wing. Phil Clemmer. All the cast. Dixon High. Tony Hale. Scott Krinsky. Mark Christopher Lawrence. Anita Federici. Fun hosts. This is Mel. This is Liz. Now you can see how wacko we are. The writers. Ali Adler. Scott Rosenbaum. Zev Barrow. The editors. Matt Barber. Jeff Granville. Kevin Mock. Contests. We are giving away a Chuck press kit. The directors. Jason Enzler. Norman Buckley. The guest stars. Steve Austin. Kristen Griff. The music. This is Tim Jones. Guest hosts. I'm Kaylee from Toronto. Conventions. Lights come up and here comes Jester out on stage. Set visits. This is the guy right here. And much more. Are you ready? This is Gray. This is Mel. This is Liz. And we want to welcome you to Chuck versus the Podcast, episode 67, for Wednesday, September 15th, 2010. The promotion for Chuck's fourth season is getting underway, and we have some new items to discuss, plus our exclusive interview with Chuck co-creator Chris Fedak. And actually, he's going to answer all your questions, so it's going to be a very, very exciting interview. More on the way. Well, we want to get started with an exciting new giveaway we have going. We're doing Promote Chuck Win Swag. With the season four premiere just a few days away, we're calling on you to help spread the nerd word. As if hooking up people, hooking people on the show weren't reward enough, we're giving away a boatload of swag in the process. So we've got um, on ChuckTV.net, we have a list of all of the prizes. We've got some awesome things like a pair of Converse uh, Chucks. Courtesy of Scorpion Shoes, um, we're giving away Chuck Season 3 on DVD, a t-shirt, a giant poster, magnets, the Comic-Con swag bag, um, comic book, and also some things, some other fun things from uh, other NBC Universal shows, White Collar, Covert Affairs, and Undercover. So be sure to check that out on ChuckTV.net. To enter, we've got 10 ways you can enter. So there are multiple entries allowed here. We'd love for you to follow checktv.net on Twitter and Gray Jones on Twitter. Do that. And there's two entries right there. Mm -hmm. um, post a uh, promo on your Facebook or your blog. Post an episode of Check Versus the Podcast on your blog. Anything like that. Uh, that's an entry. Uh, we also have, if you want to wear your Check t-shirt and take a picture of it, tell us where you wore it. That counts as an entry. We, again, 10 different ways that you can enter. So, Stop by checktv.net and check out the Promote Chuck Win Swag giveaway. Very, very cool. Ten ways you can enter, ten things you can win. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, where else can you go to get that? Yeah. Well, Screen Junkies has a new interview with Zach Levi about what's coming up on Chuck Season 4. They asked him about Chuck keeping secrets from Ellie, something fans have been gnashing their teeth over for a while. He says, it's going to be much better than I expected to to that extent. Secrets are being kept, but there's still some transparency with it. So I'm not having to do the same thing I've had to do. It's a little bit different. I can't really talk too much about it because, well, they can't fire me, or maybe they could. No Chuck fan was probably happier than Levi 
when Chuck told Ellie the truth. He was concerned that the fourth season would return to a formula of keeping secrets from his sister. Don't worry, fans. They've got a whole new take on pulling things over on Ellie. There's still a little bit of that, Zach says, that, uh, but it's done in a slightly different way. She's still in on it to some extent, so it's not like a complete keeping her in the dark about things. She's in on it. For a bit more about the season, including some intel on Linda Hamilton as Mama Bartowski, read the full interview at ScreenJunkies.com. Very, very cool. And I don't know if you've stopped by ChuckPodcast.com recently, but you'll notice that there's a very detailed Q&A with Rafe Judkins, one of the favorite writers from last season for most of the fans. And so I would urge you to go to chuckpodcast.com. You can find out about his dream sequence that everybody's been talking about and a lot of other really, really cool things. Go check it out. Right on. We like Rafe. We also like Vic Sahai, who stopped by the Texas Instruments Celebrity Gifting Retreat at the 2010 Teen Choice Awards here a few weeks ago, where um, Zach and Yvonne won big as well. He signed a calculator that Texas Instruments will be giving away on Twitter soon, so you want to check them out on Twitter. And you can also step by the Texas Instruments Facebook page. Um, just do a search in Facebook for Texas Instruments, and you can find a photo of Vic holding up the the calculator that he signed. You, if you like that photo, you can help him win their favorite photo contest. And we like Vic, so we click. Yeah, mm-hmm. like. like Vic, click. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Well, hey, Chuck Season 3 is now available on DVD and Blu-ray in North America. Woohoo! We know several of you have had to purchase more than one copy so that you can lend it to friends, which is a great idea, mm-hmm. way to get the word out. If you haven't picked up your copy yet, it's a great way to support Chuck. And if you order via the Amazon link on ChuckPodcast.com or ChuckTV.net, that counts also as an entry for the Promote Chuck Win Swag giveaway. So go ahead. Do it. Wow, more ways to win. And uh, very, very cool for me was um, I got an email last month from Tim McCoy, who hosts The Zone, which is the number one podcast on iTunes. And he just happens to be a new Chuck fan. Well, he's got 10 million subscribers to his podcast. And so he has the potential to reach a lot of new viewers. And he decided to not just interview me on his podcast, but he decided to make the entire month of September Chuck Timber and promote Chuck through the entire month. Um, the first episode was called Spy School and it uh, features a lot of really, really cool spy music, a lot of stuff actually from Chuck and then inspired by Chuck, old and new. And of course, there's a special guest appearance from me on that podcast. And they're even going to be airing entire Chuck versus the podcast episodes on their podcast through the month of September. Very, very cool. Uh, if you want to check it out, you can go to ppltv.net. Um, and uh, it'd be great to, to support Tim McCoy through this as well. That is such a neat idea. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. Yep. And now I think what everybody's been waiting for, and this is actually quite historic for us because uh, for a number of reasons. First of all, even though Chris Fedak uh, co-creator of Chuck has been on the podcast a couple of times through press room interviews at at different WonderCon and, and Comic-Con, and he's been in uh, the Chuck panel that we've recorded. But this is the very first time that we've been able to have a one-on-one interview with Chris Fedak. So we put out the call for questions, and we got a record number of your questions 
in to uh, to ask to Chris Fedak, including some video questions, including some audio questions. Uh, both are our firsts for the the podcast, and so I've decided to break the usual interview format and do almost exclusively fan questions for this special interview. I think you're going to love it. I should mention before we go into it that um, we had so many questions that I had to do some filtering. Uh, if if we had asked all of them, it would have taken several hours, which of course Chris Fedak didn't have. So uh, when there was overlap, I would merge questions. Say, for instance, a lot of people asked about Sarah's character arc. And so I may not use your exact question, but I did ask that theme to to Chris Fedak um, as well. Some some people are very very thankful you submitted fifteen or twenty questions. I tried to use one question at least from each person uh, when possible. Um, and so uh, if you ask a whole bunch of questions, I might not have used a lot of them. But hopefully everybody gets the things that you wanted asked asked. Uh, so without further ado, we're going to go into that great interview. Really really appreciate Chris Fedak taking the time and. Here you go. Enjoy. I'm here with Chris Fedak, who just happens to be the co-creator of my favorite show on TV, NBC's Chalk. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Cool. Well, I super appreciate you taking this time, and I know that our time is, is short, and uh, actually, what happened this time that has never happened before, we had such a flood of fan questions for this interview that for the first time ever, this podcast is fan questions only. So, oh, wow. yep. So I don't even know if I'm going to get to ask anything, but uh, that's okay with me. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. So we'll roll right in. Michelle J from England wants to know, where did you get the inspiration for Chuck as a TV show? I was thinking about Chuck. A couple of years ago, and it wasn't called Chuck at the time. I thought it would be kind of cool. I was watching a lot of um, uh, The Office, and I was watching Alias, and I thought how kind of cool it might be in a scary type of way if someone like Jack Bauer or Sidney Bristow walked into the office. Because in the office, you have Jim and Pam and all these people you really care about, and nothing dangerous or scary ever happens. And then in Sidney Bristow's world or Jack Bauer's world, people are getting tortured and killed all the time. So um, I thought I was wondering if there was kind of a television show there. So the kind of the first kind of germs of the Chuck idea kind of came out of that. And then I, I also had this notion of a kind of the opening of the pilot, which was uh, Bryce breaking into the DNI and uh, stealing the intersect secrets, and then having them in his iPhone and uh, racing out of the uh, of the building, and then being killed on the roof. And right before he dies, he sends the secrets to the wrong person, his buddy Chuck from, you know, uh, that he went to school with. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that was like, you know, even though we've changed that idea, that germ of the, uh, those two kind of ideas kind of merged together into a thing. And um, when I sat down with Josh, you know, he was uh, finishing up the uh, the final season of the OC, and he had asked me if I had any TV ideas, and I kind of pitched out that blurry notion of a TV show, and then we started working on it together and kind of turned it into the Chuck show that, you know, you guys know and love today. Excellent, excellent. Well, it's been three awesome seasons so far. We've had uh, lots of lots of ups and downs in Chuck's life, and uh, and he continues to be such a lovable guy. Um, but Samantha T asks, now that Chuck is a more experienced spy, will we still see his naivete, his nerdiness, and his goofy self? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that that's kind of fused into the DNA of the show is that Chuck isn't, you know, a ready-made Jack Bauer or James Bond. He isn't someone who's a ruthless killer. He doesn't have a license to kill, doesn't want a license to kill, doesn't know what to do with it. That's important to the show is that it's not a show about a guy who's a super spy. It's a guy who's wound up being a super spy. And he's got, like, some of the raw material to be great and to be a spy. But what it means to be a spy is something that Chuck really struggles with. So that's always going to be a part of the show. And I think that's what's great about Zach's performance is always kind of looking for opportunities inside the spy story to still be, like, the, 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 the voice of reason, to be the honest, good, caring guy that we all know him to be. And that's important to the show. However, you know, it's like we are moving into season four, so and he's decided after season three that he wants to be a spy. So that part of the show is he's getting a little bit better. He's kind of learning his way around the spy world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Zachary Levi, who plays Chuck, has a lot of uh, talents. He directed an episode last season. Is he going to direct any more? Oh, absolutely, yes. He's going to direct an episode this season. I thought maybe The Beard was maybe one of my favorite episodes from last year, if not my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach did a fantastic job. Not only is he great with Cameron, just you know, being in a, a really a fantastic action director, he um, just gets such wonderful performances out of the actors. And I thought the scene with him and Gomez tied up in Castle as the bad guys are about to kill them, and he, and he tells his friend that his secret that he's a spy is one of my favorite scenes. It's um, Gomez is just fantastic, and mm-hmm. the the notion that that Morgan would not be upset with Chuck but be so excited because this is the most exciting thing ever is that my my friend Chuck isn't the sad sad guy. He's actually he's got this super spy life, and that Morgan would want to be a part of it. That's wonderful stuff. So yes, Zach will be back. Yeah, and great writing by Scott Rosenbaum on that episode. Oh. Wonderful episode by, by Scott. Yeah. And uh, uh, so thanks, Wade, for that question. And a question from Amy is, another talent of Zach's, can we hear him sing this season? The girls would swoon. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that we've, like, a number of times, like, in the writer's room, we've actually put up on the board that there's a Chuck has a flash and that he sings. And it always seems to fall out. It's like we haven't quite cracked the code on that one yet because it seems so, it, it, for some reason, it seems to be, is it, why would there be seeking in the intersect? Like, why would, and how could we make it work and how not make it hanky and not make it too ridiculous, but still also make it fun and exciting? It's, 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 we've, we've wanted to do it so many times because Zach, as you know, is just a fantastic singer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's a fantastic showman in truth. It's like he could literally do anything that, you know, we, but we still haven't cracked it yet. So, um, uh, it, it's out there. We're thinking about it. That, that story needs to be still deciphered. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I guess we're going to move on to Sarah now. Teresa asks, okay. uh, we know that Chuck's job is to find his mom this season, but what can you tell us about Sarah's journey? Well, I think that, you know, this season of Chuck is about, you know, it's about relationships and it's about family. And the the neat thing about relationships and family is that when you decide to kind of move in with a guy and you, as we all know, you know, it's like you, you, you learn more about their family. You learn how, you know, everything, you kind of, you, you, you see behind the curtain a little bit. And so um, Sarah is going to be kind of learning to be a little bit more of a human being, you know, a little bit less of the super spy and, you know, and, and maybe a little bit more of the girlfriend and, you know, and then thinking about the future because, you know, for this show started off with her as Sarah Walker super spy. It's like, you know, the show could have been the Sarah Walker show and mm-hmm. like she's the classic hero of a television show. But it's weirdly enough about the guy who she's kind of just kind of got fallen into the spy world. And so for us, it's like, you know, we've been over the last couple of seasons kind of seeing and humanizing Sarah and seeing that coming into Chuck's life, starting a relationship with Chuck, how neat it is to watch her become 
more and more like us and what that means. And that, that's kind of what this season is about, too. Because for her, it's like that's the most dramatic change. It's like One is Chuck becoming a super spy, and then Sarah becoming more like everybody else, like dealing with everyday issues of what does it mean to be in a relationship with Chuck? What does that mean to their, you know, their professional life and their home life? And then also, what does it mean to her as a spy? Is she the same spy she was? Obviously not. And, you know, can she have, like, you know, is there a future for the two of them? Is there a future beyond being in a relationship? Is there a future of, dare I say, marriage and family and all those things? Like, those issues are going to be a big part of this season. And Sarah dealing with, is she ready for that? Mm -hmm. Well, and Angie, on behalf of the Sarah Walker fangirls, asks, will she keep her independence? Sure, absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, looking at the end of last season, Ellie made Chuck promise that she didn't want him to be a spy and that would he quit the spy life. And Chuck did. He he left the spy world. Now, he quickly got a message from his father, essentially a mission from his father to find his mother. But Sarah didn't quit the spy life. So as we kind of come back into season four, Sarah is off with Casey, you know, working on missions, still being Sarah Walker, the super spy. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, she's still very much the independent, driven spy that we know her to be. But she has this precious thing. You know, like so many spies, you know, they're out there in the world. If we imagine other TV shows, other spy world shows, you know, they're out there in the world combating terrorists. And I think those spies in some way probably lead maybe that they don't have the home life that Sarah has found with Chuck. So she has this thing in Chuck that she is protective of. And this is this precious thing. So I think you have a driven spy, but this may be a weak spot for Sarah. But she has this person in Chuck that she is so protective of. And this season, we're going to watch her kind of be protective of Chuck, but also be, you know, super spy Sarah Walker, who can do amazing kung fu during a Milan Fashion Week, you know, type of thing. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, um, Yvonne Strahovski was absolutely brilliant in Chuck versus the Honeymooners. And, uh, kudos to Rafe and Lauren and Ali for, uh, writing that one. Absolutely. Um, will she have more opportunities for comedy is what Kim is wondering. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that for us, you know, in all of our episodes, we're always kind of looking for chances to, you know, to add comedy into the show and to make sure that each each one of our characters is getting chances to have their lighter side. And I think that with Honeymooners, it was such a kind of a neat thing to watch, just how funny Yvonne was in that world and just like how we could do a show with the kind of like spy light action comedy. It was just, they were fantastic together and Yvonne was a revelation. So yeah, definitely that's a part of season four. We're working on our second episode is a Chuck and Sarah on a mission in Milan during Fashion Week. It's a, uh, there's certain points where it's really fun to see Yvonne kind of not only be the super spy, but to be the, you know, the, you know, have, to have her own kind of sense of humor. Which we've always kind of, you know, it's like, it's something we've always debated on this show. When we first started with Sarah, it's like she was a person who didn't get all of Chuck's jokes, but now she's definitely, certainly kind of getting kind of his perspective and his jokes, and she knows how to rhythm a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and they're a dynamic duo together. I mean, they, they, they just, I mean, they're, they have such chemistry, and then when you put them together, they have an incredible energy. So it's really exciting to see. No, that was the thing. It's like when we were facing last season, the idea of like in episode 13 of putting them together and making them a couple and then doing six more episodes after that with Sarah and Chuck as a couple. A lot of, you know, a lot of people get nervous about that type of things because it's like, well, what if the energy is gone? What if that special thing about your show isn't there anymore? But, you know, we knew that we had Yvonne and Zach. We knew mm-hmm. we had these amazing actors who their chemistry isn't just will they, won't they. Their chemistry is in the two of them together. It's electric. Mm-hmm. And you can feel it in Honeymooners in the next episode after that where we had Fred Willard and Susie Kurtz. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so are we going to learn more about Sarah's backstory this season, especially about her mom, Simone L. Wonders? 
Um, right now, we're breaking the first 13 episodes, and we are we we don't delve into Sarah's mom quite yet, but we've certainly discussed it, and it's it's, it's something we have in her backstory. We're just trying to find the right place to to use that story. Hmm. And you've alluded to this a little bit, but Sadie from New Jersey asks, "What can we expect out of Chuck and Sarah's relationship? Will there be an engagement this season?" Hmm. I know the answer to that question. I'm certainly not going to reveal. <laughs> reveal any huge game you know I, I get into trouble for using the term game changing uh-huh. um uh, so um i i i don't want to give anything away this season but we have huge epic stuff happening not only in the spy world but also kind of in the emotional world of chuck and the buy more and everything you know so yeah i'm gonna have to do a kind of a long-winded no comment <laughs> cool and uh now another aspect of their relationship is um many have asked something that bubbles down to basically we understand that deceit is part of being a spy, but it's really hard to watch Chuck and Sarah lie so much, particularly to, to each other. Um, now that almost everybody knows Chuck's secret, will there be less of this? Well, it's hard to do a spy show without a bit of lying being a part of it. I think that the difference is this season is that for Chuck and Sarah, there's no lie between them in regard to where they're going in the future. The episodes that, especially these first few episodes, are all about communication. Mm-hmm. They're all about Sarah and Chuck, like communicating with one another, and the fun of that, and like you know, and what they envision about their futures, and how those things may diverge and be the same. And there's no deception at the heart of their relationship so far. But you, but when it comes to you know the spy world and how that spy world can kind of invade their personal lives, there's always the chance that there's something, a secret that someone's going to have to keep, something that you know has to be um, hidden. But uh, Right now, I think that the difference is that there's no deception that keeps them from being together. And that Chuck has really learned to depend on Sarah and to go to Sarah for advice and help. And that, you know, as the season goes on, especially after after episode 401, Sarah is his sounding board. You know, when he is confronted with a big problem or a big issue or something that he knows, like, this is where I usually make the mistake. You know, I make the emotional decision where I should make the spy decision hmm. or I make the spy decision where I should have thought the other way. He can go to Sarah and talk to her. That's the uh, certainly a uh, you know, big part of season four. Mm-hmm. Great. Now, moving on to Casey. Uh, Joan asks, will Clara Carey be back, of, of course, playing Casey's ex-fiancee? We're working on that story now. We do have Alex is returning to the show, and we would, it would be fantastic to bring Claire back. She was wonderful in um, her episode last season, uh, but we're still working on that part of the year. Cool. And we've got our first audio question now. This is from Lou in Ajax, Canada. Hi, Chris. Hi, Gray. Uh, thanks to both of you for agreeing to host and answer these questions. My name is Lou Sitzma. I'm from Ajax, Ontario, Canada. You may know me as Old Darth on the Internet. I've been doing episode reviews for Chuck TV as well. And my question for you, Chris, is if Morgan is Chuck's Alfred, will we find out in Season 4 that Beckman is going to become Chuck's Commissioner Gordon? Thanks again, and really looking forward to a great Season 4. Take care. Bye. Oh, that's interesting. Um, you know what? It's funny. It's like I, I kind of think that when it comes to you know what is the dynamic that we're using, what is the um, uh, that General Beckman is still Chuck's Charlie, you know, the voice on the box giving him missions. However, you know, she's just more than that. Well, one of the things that we realized this season is we made um, Benita a series regular. 
because, as you kind of noticed maybe at the end of last season, we just began to have more and more fun with General Beckman as she kind of got into the world, and we kind of realized that, she, you know, not only is she fantastic, but she's critical to the show. Mm-hmm. Beckman will still be a part of the show, still be, you know, delivering missions, and also from time to time kind of stepping into Chuck's world. But I don't know if Commissioner Gordon would be the exact right comparison. I'll have to think about that one. But it's a cool question. Yeah. And uh, Donovan asks about Morgan. Is Morgan going to evolve into more of a true spy as Chuck has? What's his journey going to be? Morgan would certainly want to think that he Mm -hmm. can become a spy as great as Chuck or even greater, maybe John Casey. The Morgan-Casey-Morgan-Chuck relationship, especially in the spy world, it was just like a really great thing last season. And we just found ourselves, like, the moment Morgan became a spy, we just wanted, and especially on the tiny moons, you can see just how great it is to bring Gomez into the, into the spy world. Because he's just great. He's just, you know, he brings such life. He brings very much like that vibe of Chuck in season one, which is the outsider's view of the spy world and how exciting it can be. Because, you know, the show is kind of, you know, is about wish fulfillment. It's about Chuck's wish fulfillment of getting away from his boring everyday life job and becoming a spy. Well, now that Morgan allows us to do that all over again, but with a different character. It was going to have a different reaction to things. And one of the things that was kind of neat about, you know, about what Gomez's take on, on last season was is that Morgan kind of has almost a less flappable kind of perspective on the spy world, is that he's really excited to be there mm-hmm. and that he thinks he can be a great spy and that, you know, part of this season is his relationship with Casey and, like, the sensei and, uh, I don't know what the sensei teaches, like, they're a mentor or mentee. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, between the two guys. He's, Morgan will certainly thinks he's going to become a better spy. He might take some time for that actually to happen. Yeah. Well, he's, he's delicious to watch. He's so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and now a question, a couple of questions about Ellie. And these are actually out of all of these, these are my questions. Um, sure. First one is with Ellie being a Bartowski, will she ever get an intersect in her head? I don't think so. I mean, I, usually, you know, I don't like to hem myself. You, as you can see, I don't like to hem myself into anything because sometimes, you know, I'll think, oh, I'll never do that. And then I'll walk into the writer's room and we'll start talking about an idea and it'll seem like the most brilliant idea. <laughs> and then we have to do it. So, uh, I, I, I don't like to say anything categorically, but it would give me pause to go down that road. Yeah. Yeah. But now one other thing is her neurology skills. Could they ever come to bear with Chuck's brain? Mm, perhaps. But I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to speak to that too much because we're certainly um, uh, season four is going to you know the intersect and the how it works and what's happening there is going to be a part of the show. So um, uh, I don't want to um, give anything away. Which in saying that kind of gives stuff away. But I <laughs> guess it's another one of my long-winded no comments. Uh, okay. Um, now on to technology. Chad Margitz, our graphic des- graphic designer, has asked if the Orion wrist computer will make a return. It is, you know, when we, Chuck goes down into the spy base at the end of Chuck versus the Ring Part Two, um, Dad's spy base is kind of like that case. So the wrist computer is there; it's mm-hmm. actually uh, inside Dad's base, but it's not something that Chuck kind of turns into a regular piece on his person. Like he hasn't kind of adopted it. It's there, but it's not, you know, an active part of the show. Okay, and uh, and Bill S asks the intersect cube and cell regeneration chamber that Shaw used. Will they be coming back? After the ring was captured at the end of Chuck versus the Ring Part Two, I think the cell regeneration chamber, as well as the cube and all that material, was confiscated by the CIA, and it is being currently held in a secure facility somewhere. Warehouse Thirteen. Warehouse Thirteen, somewhere in Canada. <laughs> it's it's not so yet a part of season four. Uh huh. Okay, and uh, we've got another audio question from Lou. 
Hi there, it's Lou again. I was just wondering, Chris, is there any chance of flashback scenes between Scott Bakula, Linda Hamilton, and or Timothy Dalton, especially Bakula and Hamilton? And I'm also wondering if there's a history repeating itself angle here um, with Bakula, Hamilton, and Dalton like there was with Chuck, Sarah, and Shaw, or Bryce. Thank you. I think that in regard to the themes of the season, the, 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 the last part of that question, that's certainly a part of season four. You know, it's like going back to the... the what does it mean when you learn more about somebody's family and, you know, what happened to them and how that affects you today? That's certainly a part of season four. You know, the mom story and how it folds into the Sarah Chuck story, that's certainly in the background of season four. Is there a flashback story? Not yet. Hmm. Not yet. However, I would love to bring Scott Bakula back to the show for such a thing, and uh, Linda would be fantastic, and it would be, you know, that would be great. Right now, though, it's something we've discussed, um, but with the 13 episodes, I don't know if we're going to have enough room for it. But then again, I could walk into the writer's room, we could start talking about it, and then I would be completely convinced of the uh, of something else. Yeah, cool. And uh, another one from Angel Poo 12. Um, will there be another character on your show with special abilities like Chuck as Manoush and Shaw were? I think there's certainly a chance there's going to be people on the show with abilities, but I don't think we're doing, you know, like Manoush with the, his portable version of the mini intersect with the single flash that he was working on. We're not doing uh, an episode like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Shane asks, is Alex going to get involved in the spy action? I think that that would be John Casey's great fear. I don't think that I think Casey would go out of his way to not bring Alex into the spy world. That she got too close last year, that's the epitome of what he doesn't want, is Mm -hmm. his family affected. Just like Chuck, you know, that would be something our characters would go out of their way to avoid. Mm -hmm. And Jeff from Superpower TV asks if there's any chance to see Jennifer Garner come in as a ring operative. I would love, love, love. Well, the ring has been captured, Mm -hmm. but I would love, love, love to have Jennifer Garner on the show. So, you know, that would be fantastic. Um, Right now... I don't know if we don't have anything for Jennifer Garner at the moment, but, you know, if she showed an interest, I would, we would certainly figure something out for her. <laughs> cool. And you've mentioned um, in, in interviews before that Russia is going to be involved, uh, Milan. Um, now, these are, of course, virtual, uh, done by green screen. But Jan sure. asks, are there any plans to do any actual international film locations like Gossip Girl did in Paris? Well, you know what? It, 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 with Gossip Girl, um, that I mean, it's fantastic. The idea of taking a show and going <clears throat> going to the actual places. Um, so that would be super exciting, and it's super expensive to do. I think that in one of the seasons of I Spy, they went on the road to Europe. But for us, it would be very difficult because we're such a big production. The Buy More, our sets are all here in Burbank in the Warner Brothers studio. So it would be, it would be difficult for us to go. We shoot a lot of stuff, kind of almost like an old-fashioned movie here on the lot. Mm-hmm. However, if, you know, I would love to do a, you know, a special integration that would allow for us to do an action type of sequence that we haven't been able to do. You know, something, something epic in that way. So maybe there's always an opportunity for us to try something new and to shake up the show. And we're always kind of doing that. We're always kind of trying to figure out how to do something like a train episode that requires us to be, you know, on a train for most of the episode or a first class cabin or like in a season two in the suburbs. You know, we kind of go out on the road and we find a spot and we kind of own it for a while. That's exciting to us, especially from a story perspective and for taking our characters out of our world. Right now, I, <laughs> we'd have to figure it out. I mean, it'd be a big deal. It'd be a super big deal, but it's a super neat idea. So um, I fantasize about, you know, taking the show to Europe, but I don't know if we can do it. Yeah. Well, and that leads very well into George's question. What's the likelihood of, of an underwater episode, perhaps featuring a submarine? I can hear the subway references already. <laughs> 
I love the idea of an underwater episode. It's funny, after we did our 3D episode, um, I threatened the crew with the idea that you guys can do anything, we should do something underwater. However, there's like one of the great, you know, you know, axioms of, of, of television and film is that, you know, don't work with kids, don't work with animals, don't shoot, and then water. And water <laughs> is incredibly difficult. Is the moment you introduce water into anything being out on, out on the water, on the ocean, or even just like, you know, uh, drenching Ellie at the end of, uh, Chuck versus the Ring in the, uh, wedding scene, that, you know, the, the, your production team just begins to shake because water is just, it makes everything so difficult. We have, um, uh, you know, it's a it's a tricky thing to do. So right now, I am uh, I just keep it as a threat for the production <laughs> that we would do a underwater episode. Yeah. And um, uh, you know, but then again, you know, a submarine you could still kind of shoot. Um, uh, but uh, it's a neat idea. Another neat idea. Very difficult to do. We have to think about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dennis asks, "Are you going to do a Christmas episode?" Everybody loved the last one. Oh, we love Christmas episodes. Um, the last year was tricky because we didn't have our, uh, launch date until late in the process. So we weren't, we couldn't really do a, um, a specific holiday. Um, so this year we are going to be doing a Halloween episode. And then based on how our last couple of episodes kind of look, we might do something in the Christmas world. But, uh, yeah, I agree that the, some of our best episodes are, are holiday episodes. You know, Scott Rosenbaum's Christmas episode from season two is mm-hmm. fantastic. <laughs> Phil Clemmer's uh, Halloween episode from season one is one of my favorites. Too. Oh yeah. So uh, have we have we figured out? We're working on kind of a post Thanksgiving episode at the moment. I guess we'll have to figure out if uh, Christmas is going to be a part of it mm-hmm. or Hanukkah. Yeah, or Christmaka. Or Christmaka. Yeah. Uh, video question from Matt. Hi, Chris. This is Matt from Tyrone, Pennsylvania. I'm struck by how well Chuck's story fits Joseph Campbell's hero's journey framework, and I was curious if Campbell was a conscious influence for you and Josh, or was it just a happy coincidence? Well, you know, Josh and I both, when we went to school at SC, or we went to SC together, we were both, uh, uh, Joseph Campbell was somebody that, you know, we all read. It was kind of required reading. Just so you knew how the hero structure kind of works. So sure, certainly at the back of anyone who's read the books, kind of, you kind of feel the, you know, the, that energy of how a hero's journey can kind of works. I think there's two other things, which is one, we also love certain movies like Superman 2 and Superman, you know, movies like, you know, you know, uh, any, any movie from the 70s and 80s, you know, any of our client classic movies. There, you know, like you say, Star Wars is kind of a hero's journey is that you start with someone who has all the makings of a hero, but you, and you watch them go from a farm boy or a Peter Parker as the, you know, cub reporter or, you know, Superman as the, um, Clark Kent from, to this hero. For us, you know, that's certainly kind of like the, you know, another thing that kind of taps into the, the hero's journey. But in season three, we kind of found ourselves in this situation where we had just, we had been doing a story about, you know, essentially the first stage of a hero, which is the guy who's like resisting the call in the sense that Chuck would, uh, didn't want to be a spy and that, you know, being a spy was something he was afraid of. And that by season three, he had decided that he wanted to be a spy, that this was something that was going to, that he realized made him special and that he thought he could do and, and had done great things, real good. So season three was kind of, you know, was, was important to us that we now had to build a superhero. So we had to kind of get in there and figure out, like, how his powers were going to work, you know, what was going to be his kryptonite. And then what, how would that decision affect his relationship with Sarah and also his relationship with, you know, everyone in his life? And so season three was certainly about that. So I think that, you know, when, we, when it comes to our Campbellness, I think that season three was certainly very kind of laden in that kind of like it's the first – you know, it's, it's a hero deciding to be a hero. Mm-hmm. And then going forward, it's like, you know, I, I think it's always neat, the idea of taking a character and starting him off as a regular guy at that party, you know. Where it's Morgan and him trying to escape from a birthday party that his sister is throwing for him. Mm-hmm. And going to the point now in season four where Chuck is 
still Chuck, still a regular guy, but, you know, he has these great abilities and these great missions, and he's going up against the real bad guys of the world. And that's that's kind of neat, and I think that there's a real interesting maturation process that that we watch, you know, over these seasons, going from mini-hero to hero to what's next for Chuck, and what, what where, where can we take him? It's really a kind of a wide-open and exciting thing. I think this is what's really neat about the Chuck show. It's a superhero story, but it's an origin that you're watching. It's not like we knew where Chuck... You know, it's not like we started with Chuck the Super Spy and we'd explained him. We're watching it happen. And it really could go, you know, a number of different ways. And I think that's, you know, that's exciting for us as a writing staff. Mm-hmm. Well, a little bit along that line, Sue asks, you've said that Chuck was initially pitched to, to Warner Brothers and NBC with a five-season story arc, not just a pilot. Um, what, uh, if anything, has changed since then? Are you still on the same course? We're certainly, you know, it's funny. We're, we're, I'm kind of shocked that I said that at some point. I am. Uh, <laughs> uh, sometimes I'm thinking, you know, sometimes we're thinking one episode ahead of ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we, we break out each one of our seasons at the beginning of the year. It's like we kind of decide, figure out how to tell a story you know, using 13 or 19 or 22 episodes. Usually those seasons are kind of figured out in the first couple of weeks in the writer's room. And then we kind of toss around like a big story for the year. And where do we want to take Chuck? And where do we want to take Sarah? And where do we want to take Casey and Morgan and everybody else? And so back when we pitched to NBC, you know, we had an idea, like, you know, broad shapes in regard to Chuck's this guy, doesn't want to be a spy, becomes a spy, forced to do it. And then... At some point, he's going to want to be a spy. But you know, for the most part, you keep that. You're keeping that very open, so that you have opportunities in the future to kind of figure out where the show wants to go. Because there's always a certain point where, you know, you have these well-laid plans, but you know, something's going to come up that's going to be like an awesome opportunity for story, or a character's going to come up, and we're going to need to take that character in another direction. You know, even if I had had a perfect five-year plan, um, which does not sound like Chris Vidak. <laughs> We probably would have changed it many times since then. But I think the core conceit of the show, Chuck is a guy thrust into the spy world that doesn't want to give up on his family life, can't leave his sister, doesn't want to be anything other than who he is. You know, he's, you know, he's got hero potential. Mm-hmm. That's something that we always key to, and that's important to us. And um, uh, we don't want to, you know, that that's never, the characters have never broken. Yeah. But sometimes the stories go, you know, can go in different directions. Cool. Well, now going to the lighter side, Sophia asks, what's the most outrageous idea that you and Josh have come up with or the other writers that didn't make it in? Oh, my goodness. Uh, there's a number of, I mean, there's a number of ideas you know, from the buy more world as well as from the, the spy world that we you know, kind of bounced around and have decided to either table or to shoot and then cut. For the most part, you know, the crazy thing is, is that we actually, from time to time, we come up with an idea and we actually make it. It's usually that crazy idea that kind of gets excited about the episode. So, like, you know, Chuck versus the Gravitron. I was like, you know, wouldn't it be neat to do an action scene inside a Gravitron at a at a uh, at a, um, a fair? Mm-hmm. And we actually did it. And that's the great thing about our team is that, you know, our production team is that they can take an idea as crazy as that or putting Chuck in the first-class cabin of a transatlantic flight and have him get into an adventure just between the, you know, just on board the airplane or our train episode from last year is like, that's, you know, that, that, those ideas are kind of like, you start off and go like, well, wait a minute, we can't, you know, we can't possibly do that because, you know, always have to, you know, how do you do it? And that's the fun of figuring it out. So a lot of the time when we come up with something crazy, it's usually the thing that we actually kind of key off of and, and we, we actually make that episode because it kind of got excited and said, you can't do that. And then if anyone says you can't do it, then you get excited about it and then you try to figure out how to do it. Another instance is from season one, we, I thought it would be fantastic to do a Kumite episode. Now, if you're not familiar <laughs> with a Kumite, 
the Kimite was featured in Bloodsport with John Claude Van Damme. It's like, you know, it's, it's like a yeah. underground fighting ring. And I had this, you know, we had this crazy elaborate version of the Kumite. And we just got worried that it was too big. And also, this is Chuck Season 1 without his ability. So it was like, you had to really kind of dance around what could actually happen in that story. So it's like Kumite became this kind of white whale mm. that, you know, it's like I would bring it up and I was like, oh, we just can't do this one, you know. It just seemed too hard. And here in season four, we're, you know, Kimite is back out there in the ether. You know, it's like we're trying to figure out how to do it again. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the fun of this season is, you know, it's like there's, you know, the ideas that we couldn't figure out before we brought them back. You know, it's given us time to try them again and see if there's um, uh, anything there. So if only the show could be, you know, 50, 60 minutes long, there would be also so much material from the comedy world that we could also include as well. Mm-hmm scenes between Jeff and Lester and Morgan and Big Mike. And, you know, sometimes those have to, you know, we have to cut those to get down to time. And there's just great material there. So it's always that kind of tough choice between trying to get the story down to time and what we have and what we love and how do we get back to do this? Because Jester is so fantastic in this scene. It always comes together. But sometimes, you know, every, with every episode, there's something, you know, that there's always a one, there's always at least one painful decision. Hmm. And uh, I think we have time just for two or three more. Um, Don C. asks, you've got four new writers. What do they bring into the table? Oh, they're fantastic. We have a, a great set of writers this year. We've, you know, we've always been lucky on the Chuck Show um, to have fantastic writers. The original writing staff was a murderer's row of writers. And the only problem is, is that, you know, because of our late pickup, you have a fantastic team, they will be recruited. It becomes very much like professional sports. Mm-hmm. So we, we brought in new writers this season, and they're great. It's, it's really, you know, another fantastic team. We have, uh, Henry Alonzo Myers coming to us from Ugly Betty. Uh, Nick Wooten, most famous for NYPD Blue. We have Craig DiGregorio coming from, uh, Reaper. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Kristen Newman from How I Met Your Mother and That 70s Show. And they are wonderful. I'm very, very lucky. I've always had the opportunity to work with fantastic writers, writers who work in, as a team in a great way. And they're also bringing their voices to the show, and I think that's really neat. It's like, you know, one of the great things about a season four is it allows you to explore on the character side of things the other parts of, uh, of the characters' lives. It's like you get to spend more time with Ellie and Awesome, and, and, you know, and you get to see other parts of the the world that you didn't have time for in season one, two, and three. It's like you, there's more opportunity. And just like that, our writers are kind of like, you know, they're really kind of finding, you know, they're bringing their own voice to the show. So it's neat to see, take the show in new directions and to give it that freshness that, you know, they bring a fresh voice to it. That's been fantastic. It's a really, really good team. Mm-hmm. And we have one more video question. This is from Anais in full Chuck costume. And we, we love... NBC Universal. NBC Universal has been really good to us, but uh, they also have other networks. She asks about USA. Hi, Chris and the cast of Chuck vs. the Podcast. My name is Anais, and today I saw a fan video for Chuck on USA as if Chuck was originally a USA show and was being promoted on USA, and the video was a commercial for Chuck on USA. So my question for you today is, how do you think Chuck would be different if it had originally aired on... USA in terms of style, funding, ratings, and promotion. I think it would be doing great, have the same great people behind it, and same love from the fans. Because USA has a lot of fan love and a lot of love for their characters. Sincerely, myself, Anna East. P.S. I am in full costume because this is the only Chuck thing I really have besides my lanyard. You know, I don't know. Um, we did do reruns on sci-fi, I think, in season one. 
And um, I, you know, I don't know. It's, it's really when you compare network television to um, cable television, the the rules of how everything works just changes up a bit, and this kind of turns into a business question. And when it comes to um, uh, there's probably people that are much better at you know explaining the difference. But I, you know, I think that there's a lot of great TV on those channels. I think that the show itself would be very much the same. Josh and I have been very lucky. You know, we have a great creative executive tied to our show. And they've allowed us to very much make the show that we want to make. And that's the, you know, so I think the show itself would be very similar. I'm certain there's a number of financial and things that might affect, you know, the show. And, you know, we shoot here in Warner Brothers. And and, and that's so much, very much a part of character of the show is the buy more and the and how, we, you know, how our stages work and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm, I'm certain, there's certainly a very technical answer, which I'm kind of mumbling through. <laughs> but uh, I think the show itself would be very similar in the sense that, you know, we, um, you know, we're very lucky here. We, we're allowed to make a show that um, we're allowed to make our show, and we've always been doing that. It's um, uh, even from the point when Josh and I went in and, and, and sold Warner Brothers and sold NBC on the show, and they started going into they started going into production. Everybody's been on the same page, kind of knowing that this is a very special, unique show, and our um, uh, our executives have been incredibly sensitive to that. They seem to be just as excited with what, where we're going and what we're saying, and just just how unique Chuck is to the television world. It's mm-hmm. it's really a pleasure as well. It's a special. It's a special thing to work on a show that's this unique, that's this, you know, its own thing. Yeah, very, very cool. Do we have time for one more? Sure. Uh, Dave from the UK asks, how much do fans' comments or suggestions influence the show? They certainly, they certainly influence us. It's like, you know, our fans have kind of realized that there was a point actually in season, after season one, we were waiting for a pickup. I called you, Greg. Yeah. And we started talking about, you know, just the pickup and like what was going on in the fanverse. And I think that, you know, I've always, our fans are some of the smartest fans in television, not only in regard to just smarts, but also just like knowledgeable of television. I think that Chuck, and Josh and I have talked about this, that Chuck seems to be a show very much for people who love TV and mm-hmm. movies. It's like, it's a fusion of things. And that's made it a very kind of, it's a, it's a very specific thing that, you know, I think the people who love television storytelling and movie storytelling just really dig and enjoy. So it's just an incredibly knowledgeable fan base. So we're always kind of like listening and you know, listening into our fans and kind of seeing what, you know, how they're responding to stuff and what they're thinking about stuff. And, and that's a, you know, that's a, that's a, a big part of the show. I always say it's like our, any one Chuck fan is worth four of any other type of fan out there <laughs> in the world. It's like they're just like, they're super powered. So yeah, I read probably too much and I look into, you know, I look at, you know, they go out into the web and kind of see how people are responding to things and, and what, what they're digging. And, you know, there's, I mean, there is a point where you, know, you kind of go into the writer's room and we, you have to kind of challenge yourself to kind of break the mold of the Chuck show and kind of like figure out what we're going to do and if you can take the pieces apart and put them back together. But, um, uh, yeah, our fans are certainly, you know, Josh and I and the rest of the writing staff as well as, as, well as the, the the cast and crew, you know, we're we're so thankful, you know, for what they've done. And if you can ask the cast, they're always amazed and just so happy that there are people out there who are passionate about the show like we are. Yeah, I think that's it for me. I think I think unfortunately I have to run. Is that going to help you out? Is that going to? Oh, that's that's great, and that's a great place to end off. So thanks so much for your time, and we can't wait for Monday night. Fantastic. I hope all is well, and again, thank you for all your support. Yeah, thanks so much, Chris. All right, dude. Okay, bye bye. Bye bye. And we're back. And I hope you enjoyed listening to all of those questions. And I really, really appreciate the fans um, taking the time to submit uh, all of their various um, ideas for for questions and some really, really cool ones. Yes, and thanks to Chris for taking the time to answer them. 
He's such a nice guy. I know he hates it when we talk about him on the podcast. Yeah. But we love you, Chris. We love Chris. <laughs> Can't get away from it. Yeah. That's right. And we also love our sponsors. We do. And we want to thank IELabs.com, makers of the award-winning Action Blue AVCHD conversion software for sponsoring Check Versus the Podcast. The software authors full HD videos on regular DVD discs. It even works with HD clips from the newest iPhone 4. You can get your tri free trial at ielabs.com. We, again, want to thank them. We want to thank moviemorons.com for sponsoring Check Versus the Podcast. Movie Morons is a podcast all about movies. And with the fall season coming up, they have a great uh, uh, series of films that you should be putting on your must-watch list. So stop over at moviemorons.com for their podcast. And SyrianJunkies.de continues to support us, and we thank them. SyrianJunkies.de is the number one German television website. You ought to stop by and check out what they've got going on over there as the fall season gets into full swing. Hello, this is Christina Caramel from Serien Junkies TV. Are you addicted to TV shows? Be our guests and learn the latest news and reflections on what's going on in the world of TV series. Well, our show is in German, but maybe you want to drop in anyway? Then visit www.serienjunkies.de and watch out for our video podcast. See you. So we're going to start to wrap things up, but I hope you've enjoyed everything we've had to offer this podcast. And speaking about podcasts, I want to mention the other one that I do, the TV Writer Podcast. Um, I think it's of interest to Chuck fans that uh, there's a couple of great developments that have happened in the last couple of weeks. One is uh, I had a great interview with Eureka showrunner Jamie Paglia and also actor Neil Grayston, who plays Douglas Fargo on that show. And I think it's a show that a lot of Chuck fans watch. So uh, I urge you to go to tvwriterpodcast.com to check out that interview. It was a lot of fun. And also something else that you'll notice on that site, which is definitely of interest to any TV fan, is a new TV writer Twitter database where there are over 360 TV writers with their Twitter addresses that you can look up and, and find your, your writers from your favorite show. Uh, whether you, you like 30 Rock or Leverage or Burn Notice or White Collar, all of those writers are there, and there's new ones being added every day. So I urge you to check that out at tvwriterpodcast.com. And since we've mentioned Twitter groups, um, I've been getting a lot of requests to uh, have the same kind of Twitter resource for Chuck fans. And so, going to do it. So if you want to be on the Chuck fan Twitter group, just follow me on Twitter, at Gray Jones, and let me know that you want to be added if, if I haven't added you within a couple of days. And, uh, and we're going to put together a great resource where you can connect with other Chuck fans. So at Gray Jones, and I'll uh, let you know in a couple of weeks where that Twitter group is going to be found. And the world gets smaller and smaller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember, if you have any questions or comments to share, please email us at mail at chuckpodcast.com. Be sure to join us on chucktv.net on Monday, September 20th at 8, 7 central for a live chat during the Chuck season premiere. We're looking forward to sharing the excitement with you. This is going to be the first time we're going to try this for Chuck. It's, it's, uh, we've seen it done elsewhere. We've been in on things like this elsewhere. And fans have a ton of fun watching the show and being able to just kind of interact with other people that are watching the show all over. Mm -hmm. Without spoiling anybody out on <laughs> Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, the the impetus there was we didn't want to spoil you on Twitter, so 
Mm-hmm. We'll do a live chat. Especially um, for the East Coasters. Because right. the West Coasters are behind us in watching. So uh, let's be respectful of those spoilers. But speaking about spoilers, we've got some coming. Um, so we do want to bid you adieu. If you don't want to hear the spoilers, you can turn the podcast off now. Oh my goodness, Chuck is just a few days away. And so get your cheese balls, your Subway sandwiches, your grape soda, and let's have a wonderful time at the premiere and blow out the ratings on September 20th. Right on. So until next time, happy Chuck week. We'll see ya. Bye. And we're back. And we're going to spoil ya. That's right. We've got some exciting casting news. Aziello at Entertainment Weekly scooped last week that Freddy Krueger himself, Robert England, has been cast in Chuck episode 406, Chuck versus the Isle of Terror. And as several fans speculated based on the title when that information was released uh, a week or so before this casting news, the episode is indeed a Halloween-themed episode. Yay! Woohoo! <laughs> uh, we love it when Chuck does uh, holiday episodes, and this, you know, Halloween, they could have so much fun with that. Um, the ultimate baddie is playing Dr. Stanley Wheelwright. He's an evil scientist, as if there's any other kind on this show. And uh, he can, quote, make your waking life a nightmare, which has us wondering, is Chuck having nightmares again? Mm. And, uh, you know, perhaps more importantly, who will be in costume and what will they be wearing? Mm, very interesting. Mm. What was that movie about 20 years ago about somebody who could actually enter your dreams? Nightmare on Elm Street? No, yeah. no, uh, no. There, there was a different. No, uh, well, yeah, I know, but there was, there was a different one, um, about some scientist thing, like a Nightmare on Elm Street is obviously just you know straight horror, but there was one about them developing some technology where you could go into a person's dreams, or you could, and and I, I could see in a Chuck context how that that could happen. Well, I know the big summer hit movie this year was Inception, and it had a similar theme. So, mm-hmm. But that's just right now. That's not 20 years ago. So. Yeah. Somebody out there will email us and tell us the answer to that. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Yeah, within minutes. <laughs> right. Right. Come on, Chuck Hive. Let us know. We need the Chuck Hive mind to kick yeah. in here. Chuck Hive. I like that. Right. Season premiere, Chuck versus the anniversary. The synopsis reads, Chuck begins a search for his mother, which he must keep a secret from the CIA and his sister. Linda Linda Hamilton guest stars. Of course, we've been hearing all about this since it was announced at Comic-Con. Pretty excited about that. She'll be playing Mary Bartowski. Dolph Lundgren, Harry Dean Stanton, and Olivia Munn also guest star. And in this episode, Chuck goes, Chuck and Morgan go on a rogue globe-spanning mission to find Chuck's mom. Meanwhile, Sarah and Casey follow a trail to Russia as they investigate the mysterious Volkov Industries and its operative, uh, Marco, who is played by Dolph Lundgren. Back at home, Ellie delivers big news to her family. Bonita Frederici is also going to be guest starring in this episode. Can't wait to see her back again. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any of us wonder what that big news is. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah spilled that for us at, the, at Comic-Con. Yeah. And uh, the next one, Chuck versus the suitcase, is one that everybody's been asking about. Chuck and Sarah travel to Fashion Week in Milan to retrieve a high-tech secret weapon. Carolina Kirkova 
<laughs> Lou Frigno and Isaiah Mustafa guest star. When Chuck, Zachary Levi, and Sarah Yvonne Strahovski go undercover in Milan, Chuck realizes the Achilles heel in their relationship, but must set personal issues aside for the mission. Meanwhile, Morgan recognizes a fatal flaw that compromises the new by more. Elsewhere, Casey struggles to put down roots in Burbank. Benita Frederici, Vic Zahai, and Scott Krinsky also star. Wow, some significant things there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're starting out with a bang, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to mention a little piece of news that came out, and I'm drawing a blank on when. I think it was in the interview with Zach that we mentioned earlier, but I could be wrong. It's somewhere on checktv.net. Um, but somebody was asking about Linda Hamilton guest starring. And as it turns out, she's in episode one, and then we're not going to see her again until episode six, uh, which they were filming last week. And Ivan Strahovski mentioned on Twitter that she had just finished filming a scene opposite Linda Hamilton where she has a gun. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so, yeah, Sarah and uh, Mary Bartowski are going to have a showdown. Face off. Oh, boy. Yeah. Check that out in episode six, which is the Halloween episode that uh, um, Robert England is guest starring in. So, Wow. I wonder if that's the one photo that we see of Linda Hamilton that came out also that we've got posted at ChuckTV.net where she's standing there holding a gun. Mm. That might be it. Could be. Well, it no, at... that's, that's from the premiere. Oh. oh. oh okay. Uh, All right. Yeah. Now, now, we have had some interesting uh, things that have been uh, asked, and one of them is with Timothy Dalton coming. And Linda Hamilton, you could almost see um, flashbacks of the action in the old days. And Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, that would be so cool. And hopefully an excuse to bring Scott back to the back. Now, we haven't heard yes. anything about that, but that would be really neat. Yeah, I'm crossing my fingers that we get some flashbacks to the early spy days. Yeah. And uh, I know it's not going to happen, but I have this secret wish that Robert Eng- England would just break into some willy. From um from the original V. <laughs> from V. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it's it's so fascinating that he's played this like lovable um klutz in V and then he's played Nightmare on Elm Street scary guy. <laughs> yeah. Total opposite. Yeah. Total opposite. Yeah. But that's what you call range. Yeah. Whatever the case, there's some fun guest stars coming. Oh yeah. Cannot wait for the season to start. Yeah. So, uh, well, that's right away. Yeah. So uh, make sure you get everything ready and have some great nights. And, hey, take some pictures. Dress up and send them into the podcast because we'd love to put them on. Yeah. You bet. Yeah. So until then, have a great Chuck few days and a great Chuck premiere and a great Chuck week. Bye-bye. And don't forget to join us for our live chat at ChuckTV.net during the first viewing, the Eastern and Central viewing of the premiere on the 20th. Mm -hmm. I can't wait. See you later, guys. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.